Praise God. Welcome, everyone. I'm Jerry Savelle. In case you don't know me, I show up every once in a while, and Justin lets me preach. Praise God. Amen. We're glad you're here this morning. It's a little cold outside, a little dreary, but all is well in here. Praise God. Amen. The presence of the Lord. Thank God for his prayer. I love that last song you guys did. That's, that's just awesome. Amen. Praise God. He is here. Look at somebody and say, and he's still here. Hallelujah. Uh, we'd like to welcome some very special guests this morning. Ben and Tammy Priest from Houston, Texas. Uh, founders of the Tribe of Judah Motorcycle Ministry. Praise God. Give them a good hand. Longtime friends. Sandra Gober and also Caleb and uh, Joshua from Canaan Land. And uh, we welcome them, longtime friends as well. And we're just blessed to have you in the service this morning. Praise God. 2017. <clears throat> Hallelujah. 2017, and the faithful shall flourish. And it'll be like days of heaven on earth. Praise God. Say that with me. In 2017, the faithful shall flourish. Now, if you're a faithful one, you missed a great opportunity to shout. Amen. Say it again. 2017. The faithful shall flourish, and it will be like days of heaven on earth. How many of you rejoicing in that? Praise God. And you know what? I decided not to even wait to 2017. It's already working. Praise God. It's already working. Glory to God. Let's open our Bibles once again to Deuteronomy chapter 11. The last time I had the opportunity to speak here, I began to introduce this uh, prophetic word from the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 11. And I'm not going to take the time to read all this because we've got a lot more material to cover. If you weren't here this Sunday that I spoke on this, I'm sure... uh, it's available on CD or so something. And um, I'll just remind you that in this chapter, Moses is reminding the people of the great miracles that God did for them in bringing them out of the land of Egypt. And then he goes on to say that tremendous prosperity has been planned by God for them if they continue to be obedient to his word And if they would allow his word to be first place in their lives. And then I said this, that three predominant ways that you give the word first place in your life. Number one is let your heart be filled with the word. Number two, let your eyes be fixed on the word. And then number three, let the word continually be in your mouth. I'll say it again. Let your hearts be fixed on or filled with God's word. Let your eyes be fixed on the word and then let your mouths continually 
speak the word. And then he promised them if they would do that, that this would be the result. Deuteronomy eleven twenty one, That your days may be multiplied and the days of your children in the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers to give them as the days of heaven upon the earth. Now the New English translation says it this way. So that your days and those of your descendants may be extended. Now see, I'm already experiencing that, praise God. Man, the Lord has extended my life. Hallelujah. You know, I'm going to be 70 in 20 days. Y'all, y'all be sure and put that on your calendar now. I'm going to be 70 in 20 days. And um, my grandfather only lived to be 66. My dad almost died at 57, but I wouldn't let him. Kept him alive for a few more years. I didn't know the word when my grandfather was dying, but I did when my dad was, uh, Satan was trying to take him out and I wouldn't let him. So, you know, 66, that's too young to die. Uh, 57, that's way too young to die. 70 is too young to die. And I have, I have confessed ever since I got a hold of the word of God, that I'd outlive all my relatives. <laughs> I would outlive all my relatives because they didn't know what I know. Amen. And so I'm turning 70 in a few days and that's too young to die. So I've already experienced this, that your descendants, the lives or the days of your descendants may be extended in the land which the Lord promised to give you and your ancestors, like the days of heaven on earth. Now, two major promises here. Your life will be extended, and it will be like days of heaven on earth. Amen. The Lord will give you the land which he promised you. That's the other uh, thing I wanted to mention there. That your life will be extended. Look at your neighbor and tell them, I'm too young to die. I got a whole lot of living to do. Amen. That sounds like a good song, doesn't it? Praise God. Uh, and then the second part of that, that you will experience or receive the land which he promised to give you. Both of these have already been fulfilled since the Lord gave me this word. Hallelujah. I'm not even waiting to 2017. Amen. I jumped the gun. Hallelujah. As soon as the Lord reveals it to me, as far as I'm concerned, I can have it right now. I don't have to wait till 2017. Praise God. And you know, uh, every year when the Lord gives me a prophetic word, it comes to pass in my life just like He said it. But I'm a warrior, I'm a fighter. I don't give up. Amen. I don't give up. I don't care if it's right at the last day of the year. I'm holding fast until it comes to pass. Praise God. Amen. And so the Lord has extended my life. And he's already blessed me with some land that he promised me. 
and I'm closing on it December the 21st. And it's, it's, it's my dream house. Hallelujah. Well, it's my dream house away from my dream house. You know, uh, the one we have here in Crowley, but I've been believing God for, uh, some property and, uh, it was beyond my expectations. So the Lord has already fulfilled this promise to me. And God's no respecter of persons. You missed a good opportunity to say, and I'm probably next. Say, I'm probably next. Praise God. Amen. I am so excited. The Lord is faithful. All right. Now, the New Living Translation says... So that as long as the sky remains above the earth, you and your children may flourish in the land the Lord swore to give you. And while I was seeking the Lord, that's when he gave me this prophetic word for 2017. The faithful will flourish and it will be like days of heaven on earth. Now, I gave you this the last time I was here. But let me give it to you again. Some definitions for flourish. What does it mean to flourish? Number one, it means to thrive. Number two, it means to increase. How many of you are ready to increase? Praise God. Increase. You ought to add that that confession where your income is concerned. I'm increasing or God's increasing my income this coming year. Praise God. Amen. Amen. God is increasing my income. You know, uh, of course, I'm employed by Jerry Seville Ministries International. And I have been for, uh, you know, a long, long time. And I have a board of directors. And we have a a board meeting every year. And we go over all of the reports and all of the accomplishments and all the things that we're believing God to do in the coming new year. And... uh, Before they dismiss, they determine um, my compensation. I don't do that myself. I don't just go in there and say, I I want this amount of money. So that board determines my compensation. And it's based on, you know, performance. Uh, It's based on accomplishment. It's based on, you know, biblical principles and so forth. You don't muzzle the ox who treads the corn. I don't like being called an ox, but it'll do if, uh, you know, if it means a raise and pay, praise God. <laughs> Give the old ox another dollar, you know. So, but anyway, uh, so they determine that, and I'm not in the room when they do, and they decide all that, and we give them reports. Our attorney, attorney oversees it all, and, and they do, uh, you know, uh, some investigating about other corporations with similar income and so forth and what CEOs uh, receive and so forth. So it's all done in a legal fashion and, uh, you know, honor the rules of the IRS and all that. So anyway, once they call us back in the room and they tell us what our compensation will be for the coming new year, then the first thing they will hear me say is, Thank you. You're very generous. I appreciate that. However, even though this is my salary, it will not be my income. Amen. Amen. This is what I will earn from JSMI. 
but it will not be my total income. Amen. Because my my income is not based on salary. My income is based on my giving. And I'm a giver. Amen. And that's that's totally unlimited. Praise God. Totally unlimited. And every year, my income far exceeds my salary. God is faithful. God is faithful. So if you want to flourish... If you want increase in your life, then live to give. Amen. Live to give. Make living a prior or giving a yeah, living too. But make <laughs> make giving a priority in your life. Amen. Nothing stops my giving. So once again, it means to thrive, it means to increase, it means to enlarge, it means to grow. It means to be prosperous, to abound. Boy, the Lord gave me a message last night about abounding that um, I can hardly wait till my next time to preach it to you. <laughs> to spread out. When you're flourishing, you spread out. It means to expand. It means to make steady progress. That's a that's a. Good one to lay hold on. Make steady progress. A lot of people seem to have one good year and five bad years, and then, you know, they're always catching up. But make steady progress. Hallelujah. And then one of my favorite here is the last definition, to be at a high point in one's life. To be at a high point in one's life. And then Psalm 92, I won't ask you to turn there, but it just simply says the righteous shall flourish. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. It goes on to say, they shall still bring forth fruit in old age and they shall be fat and flourishing. I noticed this morning that that was working for me. I got a little fatter overnight, I think. (laughs) Praise God. Anyway, I don't, I, I'm not receiving that part. <laughs> Amen. Amen. The Amplified Bible says they will be full of spiritual vitality. And verse 15, it says, they will be living memorials to show the Lord is faithful to his promises. I'm a living memorial to show that God is faithful to his promises. And then there's one uh, commentary that says the righteous shall thrive, they shall grow, and they shall flourish. They shall thrive, they shall grow, and they shall flourish. Praise God. Now, Job chapter 8 and verse 7, it says, Though their beginning was small, yet their latter end should greatly increase. You're supposed to be increasing the older you get. Yeah. Amen. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on. The older you get, you're supposed to increase more. Yes. Yes. I don't think a, a lot of older Christians have laid hold of that promise. Though their beginning was small, yet their latter end should greatly increase. 
And then God proved that to Job in Job 42, 12. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. Amen. So it worked for Job. So it worked for us. Can you say amen? amen? Praise God. And then Psalm 5, verse 12 says, For thou, Lord, will bless the righteous with favor, wilt thou compass him as with a shield. The favor of God surrounding us, praise God. That's one of the uh, characteristics of flourishing. In fact, in verse 14 of uh, Psalm 92, it says they, from the Amplified, they will grow in grace. And the Amplified says favor. Growing in favor, increasing in favor. And you know that's my favorite subject. I'm increasing in favor. Every year, I have more and more favor testimonies, praise God. So I want to challenge you to begin to believe for that. Now, once again, the faithful shall flourish. So that doesn't mean, or that, that doesn't cover everybody in the body of Christ. Come on, that's right. Amen. Not everybody in the body of Christ is faithful. Did I touch a nerve or what? Not everybody in the body of Christ is faithful. I know a lot of Christians that are not faithful. I know a lot of Christians. Faithful, faithful is not measured or faithfulness is not measured over a few days. Well, I've been to church three weeks. Am I one of the faithful? Well, you're getting there. Just keep at it. Faithfulness is long term. You're in this for the long haul. I'm coming up 48 years I've been serving the Lord. Living this way. And I don't ever think of turning back. To what? (laughs) To what? I was, I was on the verge of, of losing everything B.C. before Christ. My marriage was, was just holding together. We were tolerating each other. But we'd made a decision that divorce was out of the question, you know. But, you know, it's like two people living in the same house and just tolerating each other. Carolyn's going to church all the time and I'm tired of going to church. I don't want to hear it anymore. Seemed like all them preachers were a bunch of phonies. And then Kenneth Copeland came to town. John Wayne in the pulpit. (laughs) (laughs) And boy, he preached the word of God like I'd never heard before and I couldn't run from God anymore. And here I am, hallelujah. Amen. But what would I want to go back to? There's nothing to go back to. Everything I desire is just ahead of me, praise God, not behind me. Faithfulness, the faithful shall flourish. The faithful shall flourish. Make a quality decision today, if you haven't already, to be faithful. Amen, faithful. Think in terms of long term. Get out of your thinking, well, how long do I have to do this? That's not the way faithfulness thinks. Amen. How much longer do I have to stand? Well, Paul answered that. Having done all to stand, 
stand. Just keep standing. Just keep standing. But how long? Stand. But when's it ever going to change? Just keep standing. Well, dear God, I've been standing for a year. Hey, I've stood for some things for 20 years. Until it came to pass. But you know what? When it came to pass, it didn't seem like 20 years. Praise God. But I determined to stand. I was not going to give in or to give up. Not after what Jesus did for me at Calvary. I am not going to give up to a devil who's already been defeated. Praise God. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Now, I want to take you into uh, a couple of stories from the Bible today about faithfulness, about perseverance, um, long term. You know, you're in this to stay. You're not looking for an excuse to get out. So let's go to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. And you're all familiar with this story. And let's begin reading in verse 1. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Another translation says that you shouldn't turn coward and cave in. Ought always to pray. Persevering. And then he tells the story of there was a In a city, a judge, which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while. Underline that phrase. For a while. Now, this is not a picture of God. Remember, it said it was an unjust judge. But even an unjust judge... When he saw persistence, changed his attitude. So this is not a picture of God. It's not a picture of you just going to God and begging and, and, and you know, like we used to say, worry ward him, you know. And he finally, you finally wear him down, you know, and he gives in. This is an unjust judge. This man, it said very clearly, he don't have any regard for God. But notice, this little widow woman said, avenge me of mine adversary. Now, that states that apparently she knew her rights. Amen? She couldn't go to this judge if she didn't think she was in the right. She wouldn't have the courage to go to him if she didn't think that she had certain rights. She said, avenge me of my adversary. And he would not for a while. Now see, that's where a lot of people would have given up. How long is a while? (laughs) Surely my sister over here, her daughter one time, her youngest daughter, Kimberly, Shirley promised to take her to Disneyland. 
And she said, you know, just about every day she'd come in and say, Mama, when are we going to Disneyland? She said, well, it's, it's not going to be today. It's going to be a while, but we're going. And so she'd tell her friends, we're going to Disneyland. She's just a little girl. Going to Disneyland. And then she'd come back a few days later, Mama, when are we going to Disneyland? Not now, sweetheart. It'll be a while. And so she'd go tell her friends, we're going to Disneyland. Well, the friends would say, when are you going? Well, uh, Mama said in a while. And so she'd come back and say, Mama, she's getting impatient now. You know, a few days have passed. When are we going to Disneyland? She said, not now. It'll be a while. I'll let you know. So she went and told her friends, uh, you know, we're going to Disneyland. When are they going? When are you going? She said, well, I don't know, but it'll be a lot of whiles. <laughs> but she finally got to Disneyland, you know. But a lot of people give up during that for a while period. And I don't know how long a while will be. But I am determined to stick it out for longer than the while is. Amen. So notice here, he wouldn't, he wouldn't avenge her or honor her request for a while. But afterward... He said within himself, though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me. Some of you need to trouble the devil. (laughs) Amen. Because she troubleth me. Where am I at? And lest by her continual coming she weary me, I will avenge her. And the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge saith. Now notice this man finally got to a place where she troubled him by her continual coming. Now that shows persistence. Amen. Persistence. She wouldn't give up. Because she felt she had certain rights. Even though she she was being ignored by him at the beginning. But because she felt she had certain rights, she would not give up. She wouldn't quit. And it says, And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cried day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. Now, what kind of faith is he talking about? He's talking about a faith that won't give up. He's talking about a persistent faith. That's the kind of faith Jesus will be looking for at his return. Will he find this kind of faith operating in his people When he returns. You know, I don't know when that return is, but I plan to be believing for the biggest project I've ever believed for and the most impossible looking thing I've ever faced when he returns. He's going to find faith in the Savelle household. Amen. We're not giving up. Now, once again, this is not a comparison to God. This is not the way... God thinks, not the way God acts. But what he's saying is because this judge was an unjust judge. 
But what he's saying is this. If even an unjust man who has no regard for God will finally give in to a persistent faith, how much more will your heavenly father respond to your faith? Hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen? So once again, he's talking about a persistent faith. This faith is a reference to the kind that was demonstrated by this little widow woman. She would not give up until she got what she desired. And notice it says, lest by her continual coming, she wouldn't give up. She wouldn't accept no as a final answer. So this is the kind of faith that impresses Jesus. This is the kind of faith that he will be looking for at his return. Now, the Amplified Bible describes this woman's uh, faith, or describes the woman as desperate. It uses the word desperate when it's describing her. Now, a lot of times when we hear the word desperate, we, we kind of take on a negative mind, you know, negative thinking. That guy was desperate. Now, there is a positive side to desperation because desperate people will do anything it takes to get what they desire. Amen. Desperate people won't give up. <clears throat> Amen. Desperate people won't give up. And that's the reason why the Amplified described this woman as desperate. Now, one of the meanings of desperate is showing intensity. Showing intensity. It's also defined as determination. And also, I thought this was just an extremely good definition. Showing intensity, determination, and extreme courage, especially because of a great need or desire. Showing extreme courage because of a great need or a great desire. So the Amplified Bible describes this woman as a woman who possessed intensity, determination, and extreme courage. Amen. And then right at the close of this story, Jesus says, will the Son of Man find faith in the earth when he returns? I think what he's looking for, or what he's referring to, is this faith that is determined. This faith that possesses courage to stick it out until something changes. Amen. 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 This, This faith that is intense, that just will not take no for an answer. I know a lot of Christians that have never been there. You know, they've, they've never pressed that far. You know, they, they give up too quickly. You know, uh, when Carol and I first <clears throat> began this walk, <clears throat> uh, my old car was absolutely shot. And it was on its last leg. And I didn't have the money to buy another one. I owed business debts. I owed personal debts. Uh, I was trying to stay out of debt now that I've got to hold the word of God. And, and I wasn't going to go borrow the money to buy another car. In fact, it wasn't just a choice I made. The bank made that choice for me. They wouldn't loan me anymore. Okay? 
so anyway, <clears throat> I was forced <laughs> to live by faith, you know. And uh, so uh, someone, and, and I did, I knew my faith wasn't at the level because I'm just starting out. I knew my faith wasn't at the level to believe God for a brand new car debt free. But I believed that my faith was at a level that he could get me a nice used one that would meet my need, you know, and, and not require a, a whole lot of money. And so that's where I was, you know, just starting out. And so um, we, we wrote a petition and uh, we believed God and we sowed whatever seed we had, a couple of dollars, you know, and sowed seed toward our car. And so we're believing for the car. Well, somebody came along and had a, a nice car and uh, asked me if I'd be interested in buying it. And it was not a brand new one, but it was nice, had low mileage, nice car, met our need. And I just sensed in my spirit that that, that car belonged to me. And, and the man that owned it, he did too. And of course, he's a believer and, and he joined his faith with me because I told him, I said, in the natural, I don't have the money right now, but I believe God will get it to me. And he said, well, I'll agree with you. And we prayed and, and entered into an agreement. Well, some time went by and uh, he called me and he said, Jerry, do you have the money for the car yet? I said, uh, uh, by faith, I have it. He said, do you have the money for the car? I said, well, I'm not moved by what I see. <laughs> so I'm trying to protect my faith. And he said, so uh, uh, you're still believing? I said, yes, sir. He said, okay, I'll keep believing with you. But after a period of time, I mean, the man needed to sell the car. Okay, so... After a period of time, you know, he calls me again and he said, Jerry, I'm a, I'm, have you got the money for the car? I said, by faith. He said, uh, you're, you're still waiting for the manifestation? I'm not moved by what I see. And I just, I just would not say anything that endangered my faith. And so he said, well... He said, I, I, I want you to have that car, but I need to sell it. And he said, uh, forgive me, but I, I need to sell it. I need the money. I said, fine, do what you got to do. But when I hung the phone up, boy, my spirit was crushed. Now, I'm just a young believer, just learning how to walk by faith. But, but the fact that I knew that I knew that I knew that that was my car. You ever been to that place where you knew that you knew? And I knew that that was my car. But now he's going to sell it. And so I went to that bedroom where I set up my, my tape player and studied and so forth. And I'm in there walking the floor and praying. And I said, Lord, did I miss you? I know that was my car. He said, it is your car. I said, well, did you hear the conversation? <laughs> He's going to sell my car. He said, and I'll never forget this as long as I live. He said, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Don't let him expect to receive anything from the Lord. I said, say that again. 
He said, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Don't expect him to receive anything from God. I said, are you telling me that even though the man told me he's going to sell the car, that I'm still to believe for it? He said, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. See, God's got a one-track mind where faith is concerned. I went into the bedroom where Carolyn was, and I said, Carolyn, I just talked to the man that owned that car, and he said he had to sell it, but God told me an unstable man, a, a man that's unstable uh, is double-minded, and I said, we're going to keep believing for it anyway. And if somebody else buys it, God will just have to deal with them. And we wouldn't let it go. And we set ourselves in agreement that that was our car. Now, see, I'm doing here, and I'm just learning. I mean, I'm listening to Kenneth Copeland tapes day and night, and I'm just learning. But I, I, I could see from the Word of God and from what I learned from Brother Copeland and Brother Hagin that if you're going to waver every time that something negative comes up, then you can't expect to receive anything from God. Amen. And so I stood on it. I said, God, that's my car. And if somebody else buys it, you'll just have to deal with them because I'm not backing off this car. That's my car. And it was just a couple of days later, the man called and he said, Jerry, I apologize. He said, God got all over me after I hung the phone up. He said, that is Jerry's car and you better see to it. You do everything you can in your power to see to it that he gets it. Oh, that felt so good on the inside. He said, now, do you have the money? I said, by faith. I'm not moved by what I see, you know. And so we were asked to come to Prescott, Arkansas to preach. And uh, this old car I had was, I mean... You, you started it by faith. You know, you didn't, you didn't just go out in the garage and turn the ignition on. You went out early in the garage and you prayed in the Holy Ghost for about 10 minutes. Then you turned the ignition on, you know. And, and, if, and when it started, you didn't dare cut it off. And, and so the tires are, I mean, you can see the air in the tires. They're so slick. You know, and, and I got two babies and a wife and I'm going to drive to Prescott, Arkansas in this thing. And the man called me and he said, um, he asked me about where the, where I stood on that. And I said the same thing every time by faith, not moved by what I see. He said, um, uh, you need, I hear you're going out of town this weekend. I said, yes, sir. He said, um, come and get this car. I said, no, I'm not going to do that. That's not, I'm not going, I'm not going to take it uh, until I have the money to pay for it. He said, I know it's yours. You know, it's yours. God knows it's yours. <laughs> come and get it. I, I wouldn't feel right. You and the family driving up there in that old dog car you got. <laughs> he said, I wouldn't be able to sleep the whole weekend. And I said, well, if you insist, praise God. And so um, I went and got the car and drove it to Prescott, Arkansas. Oh, it felt so good. Oh, 
It didn't break down one time. I didn't have to work on it all the way up there. Oh, it felt so good. I'm in this car. We're rejoicing. And, and we had a tape by Andre Crouch. And we're, we're singing with Andre. Through it all, I've learned to depend on Jesus, you know. And uh, boy, we're just rejoicing. And we get up there and do this meeting. And then we're driving home. And so now I'm, I'm going to take the car back to him. Because I still have got the money to pay for it. So I'm going to take it back to him. And he said, well, the Lord did something wonderful for you while you were out of town. I said, what? He said, somebody come in here and paid that car off for you. Here's the title deed, praise God. Amen. Now, can you imagine what a boost to our faith for a couple of young people who were just learning how to walk by faith? That was such a boost. And it made such an impression on me that I made up my mind way back then. Regardless of negative circumstances, I will not give up. Because it's not over until it's over. Hallelujah. Amen. It's not over until God has the final say. And God will never say it's over until you win. Hallelujah. Come on, give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Now, God's been doing that for us all these years. All these years. Dear Lord, we've faced impossible situations time and time again. Needing more money than you can shake a stick at by Friday. And God's never let us down. Never let us down, praise God. But we determined that we were going to be desperate Not in a negative sense, but showing intensity, determination, and extreme courage, no matter what the circumstances. Can you say amen? That's faithfulness. And that's something you have to develop. It doesn't happen overnight, but you got to make a decision one night. Can you say amen? amen? She didn't care how many times she had to come back to this man's house. She... She was willing to come as many times as it took. Most Christians don't demonstrate that kind of intensity. Most are too quick to give up. And giving up too quickly is not a characteristic of faithfulness. Faithfulness requires constancy. It requires a firmness of purpose. And a continual acting on and holding fast to the word of God. I'm going to say it again. Faithfulness requires constancy, firmness of purpose, and a continual acting on and holding fast to the word of God. The, the attitude of faithful people is no turning back. Amen. No turning back. Say it with me. No turning back. Look at a neighbor and say, no turning back. Now, these are the kind of people that qualify for flourishing. Not the people that constantly give up. God wants to bless them. God wants to prosper them. I I think it really... uh, I hate to use the word break, 
but I can't think of another word. I think it breaks the heart of God to not be able to bless these people. I mean, that's the way I am as a father. You know, I consider myself to be a good, I consider myself to be a great father. But, but if my children are not receiving from me, and particularly instruction, it's heartbreaking. You know? And you know where they're headed. You know the outcome. And, and the fact that they won't listen, you know, I mean, that, that touches your heart. God wants to bless and to cause to flourish every child he has. But he's not going to violate his own word to do so. Can you say amen? You know, uh, uh, when Jerry Ann, my oldest daughter, uh, got her driver's license, I got her a car, I drive to school, nice car, but I had some rules. No other person is to drive this car without you asking me first. And certain, you know, rules, I won't mention all of them, but certain rules. And, and you know, the day after she got it, I'm driving through Crowley, Main Street Crowley, and I see that car coming with a boy driving it and Jerry Ann sitting beside him. And she saw me, and I went, pointed to the house, you know, and she knew what that meant. She got her car taken away from her the first day. Amen. She violated the rules. And I'm not going to violate my word, even though I don't want to take it away from her. It hurt me more to take it away from her, you know. And, and now she got to ride that stupid school bus, you know. <laughs> My daddy told me the same thing. I had the hottest 57 Chevrolet in Shreveport, Louisiana. My dad raced cars. I was so blessed to be raised by a dad who loved speed. I never owned anything slow. But he had rules. He did it legal. He raced on the track. I like it in the streets. You know? And dad said, son, if I catch you racing in the streets. I'm going to take your car away from you. And I'd come home some night and he'd be up and sitting in the den watching television. I'd walk in and, and I'd start to go to my bedroom and he'd say, did you beat that 64 Impala? I said, what 64 Impala? The one you raced down at the end of 70th street about an hour ago. I started, and the rule was, if he ever caught me racing in the streets, he would take my keys away from me. I started reaching for my key. I said, Dad, how do you know this? He said, son, I work on every cop's car in this town. They know your car. And they call me and they tell me. I threw the keys over to him. Walked in there in that bedroom. I thought, I got to ride that stupid school bus in the morning. And I got the hottest 57 Chevrolet in town and I went to bed and turned the light out and I'm fussing and I'm fuming and the light come on and he said, he threw the keys to me. He said, I think I'll run, won't it, boy? <laughs> Mercy. 
Mercy. Mercy. You remember at, the, at my dad's funeral, Ben, and the, one of the last things I did, I walked over and I handed him my 57 Chevrolet keys and put it in his hands and I said, hold them, dad, until I see you in heaven. <laughs> Amen. So God will not violate his word even though he wants to bless you. In fact, the Bible says, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose. Choose. Choose life. Choose the blessing. Amen. He leaves that up to you. So once again, no turning back should be your motto. No turning back. And notice how her persistent faith produced the desired results. That's why Proverbs 28.20 makes this promise. A faithful man or a faithful woman shall abound with blessings. Shall abound with blessings. If you see anybody that's abounding with blessings, then that's why. They're faithful. I said they're faithful. Amen. When, when I see people abounding with blessings, I mean, ever since I, I, I entered into this walk almost 48 years ago, when I saw people like Kenneth and Gloria Copeland and, and, and Brother and Sister Hagen and, and people that I would uh, come in contact with their ministries and I'd see God blessing them and abounding in blessings, I didn't get jealous. I didn't get envious. I looked at what was, God was doing And I knew that the reason for it was they were faithful. They were faithful. And if I'm faithful, God is no respecter of persons. He'll do the same thing for me. Praise God. Can you say amen? Praise God. A faithful man shall abound with blessings. The New Living Translation says, we'll get a rich reward. A rich reward. One commentary says... Divine provision. A faithful man will have divine provision. Glory to God. You ought to lay hold on that. Write it down. A faithful person will have divine provision. And then still another commentary says, God will show his approval of this man by sending material prosperity. Wow, that's great. God will show his approval of this man's faithfulness by sending him material prosperity. When you see people that are prospering materially, don't get upset. Don't get judgmental. The Bible says, follow those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Can you say amen? Look at that person and say, well, God did that for them because they are faithful. That's now my motto. I am faithful to the end, praise God. No turning back. Give the Lord a shout, praise God. Amen. The New English translation says, a faithful person will have an abundance of blessings. An abundance of blessings. And then the Young's literal translation says, multiplied. Blessings. Multiplied blessings. 
Hallelujah. Faithfulness. Doesn't this sound just like the prophetic word that the Holy Spirit has given us for 2017? The faithful shall flourish and it shall be like days of heaven on earth. Now let's look at another example. Go to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. And you're all familiar with this story, blind Bartimaeus. And they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more. Underline that phrase. He cried the more. That's persistence. That's a refusal to give up. He cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called And they called the blind man, saying unto him, uh, Be of good courage or comfort. Rise, or comfort, I'm sorry. Rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garments, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? And the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Now, three things that come to my mind whenever I read this story, and I've read it, I don't know how many times in the last 47 years. Number one is persistence. Number two, refusing to accept anything less than God's best. Persistence, number two, refusing to accept anything less than God's best. And number three, the power of faith. Persistence, refusing to accept anything less than God's best and the power of faith. Once Bartimaeus heard that Jesus was near, he determined in his heart that his life would change that very day. Not someday, but today. Amen. Faith brings it into the now. He would not be silenced, even though the people around him tried to shut him up. Notice that nothing was going to prevent him from receiving what he believed God wanted him to have. His persistent faith not only got the attention of Jesus but also produce the miracle that he longed for. Jesus said to him, thy faith hath made thee whole. Do you notice Jesus didn't even say, I made you whole? He said, it was your faith that made you whole. Now, obviously Jesus certainly was involved in it, but he attributed the miracle to the man's faith. Look at your neighbor and say, my faith has the ability to produce miracles. Say it again. My faith faith has the ability ability 
to produce miracles. His unrelenting conviction that Jesus could and Jesus would heal him produced this great miracle in his life. Unrelenting. That's a, that's a, a lifestyle that most Christians don't know anything about. Unrelenting. I see people giving up on a headache. They confess three times and nothing happened. This stuff don't work. Brother, I tell you, I am so glad that when I just went through what I just went through, that the faith of God was on the inside of me or I might not be alive today. Amen. Giving up on a headache, no way. Giving up on, on uh, cancer, your attitude ought to be, no way. That's right. Amen. That's right. No way. Come on. I, I, I like the phrase, they died in faith yeah. from the book of Hebrews. Yeah. If, if you're going to die, make sure you do it in faith. <laughs> That's right. Amen. Amen. They died in faith. Hanging on to the word of God. That is not failure. (laughs) Amen. Hanging on to the word of God to the very end. Eight weeks ago, I didn't know that woman. I didn't know my children. And I could say one word, yes. Everything they asked me, yes. Total loss of memory of 47 years of studying the word and preaching the word and I couldn't remember one scripture or where it was found. Eight weeks ago. But I heard a phrase I learned from John Wayne. That'll be the day. (laughs) Amen. That'll be the day. That I can't remember the scripture. That'll be the day, pilgrim. Huh? <laughs> and I began confessing the word of God. And, and I'd, I'd, I'd get up in the middle of the night and I'd think of a scripture. And didn't have a clue where it was found. But I'd get up and I'd go get that uh, concordance. And I'd look up that scripture. And then that would lead to another one. That'd lead to another one. I'd be up two or three, four hours sometime, just just reconnecting with the Word of God. Praise God! And look at me now. Eight weeks. Eight weeks. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Amen. The faithful shall flourish. I'm flourishing in my health. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you. He cried the more a great deal. The Amplified says, many sternly rebuked him. Oh, and some of their descendants are still alive. I've been sternly rebuked by the best. I've been sternly rebuked by some great preachers. 
but I wouldn't let go. Didn't change my mind in the least. I learned how to look some folks right straight in the eye, put a smile on my face, and never hear another word they say. <laughs> Don't laugh, some of you have been doing that all morning. <laughs> oh, I'm picking on you. No, you've been paying attention, praise God. Many sternly rebuked him, telling him to keep still and to be quiet, but he kept on shouting out the more. All the more. And notice what happened in verse 49. 49. And Jesus stood still. Hallelujah. And Jesus stood still. Praise God. Jesus responds to faith. He was headed to a man's house one time where his daughter had died and somebody stopped him right in the middle of the crowd on right while he was headed to that house. Stopped him. Touched the hem of his garment. Turned and said, who touched me? The little woman fearing and trembling said, it was I. For I had said, if I could but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. Woman, thy faith hath made thee whole. Notice, faith stops Jesus in his tracks. That's what the message translation says. Jesus stopped in his tracks. It always gets his attention. Persistent faith stops Jesus. Once Jesus saw his faith... He summoned him to come to him. Bartimaeus knew, and because he watched Oral Roberts one time, something good is happening to me. Hallelujah. (laughs) Something good is going to happen to me. He expected a transformation, and he expected a change in status as well. He was a beggar. And did you notice, if you keep reading that, The first thing he did when he got Jesus' attention, they said, he's calling for you. He took that beggar's robe and dropped it on the street, on the road. Took it off. Because he knew that he was about to receive his sight. And not only that, his status in life was about to change. He was not going to be a beggar anymore. And he wasn't going to wear that old beggar's robe in front of Jesus, he threw it down and walked up to Jesus and he got his sight and he became no more a beggar, praise God. Hallelujah. Because Jesus said his faith made him whole. How do I know he wasn't a beggar anymore? Because the word whole means completely, entirely, totally, and to the full extent. Amen. Amen. His life totally changed. Because of his faith. There would be no comparison to how he lived before this took place and how he was about to live. There's no comparison in the way Carol and I lived before we learned these things and how we live today. Come on. That should be your story. God's no respecter of persons. Amen. No comparison to how you live today. He would no longer sit on the ground begging and being dependent on others for handouts. His persistent faith totally 
transformed his life. Folks, when you read these stories, it should inspire you. If that can happen to this man, why can't it happen to me? But what you ought to see in all of this is a persistent faith. A faith that refuses to give up. Well, I know people, Brother Jerry, that had persistent faith and it didn't work for them. I beg to differ. You don't know what's on the inside of a person. Only the Holy Spirit knows what's on the inside. I, I received a call one time from a, a friend that uh, her, her father was dying, wanted me to come and pray. He was, a, he was a Christian man, loved God, wanted me to come and pray. And I was in the city where, where they lived, and, and I agreed to go and pray. But before I even, I, I take it back, I was going to be in a city where they lived. I hadn't arrived there yet, but by the time I arrived, the man had died. So I, I didn't get to pray for him. But I went out to the home anyway. And... Uh, of course, I'm praying, you know, I, I, I said to the Lord, these were Christian people. These were people that come to our meetings, you know, assumed they were people of faith. I said, Lord, why did this happen? He said, did you live with her? Were you around her 24-7? Do you know what came out of her mouth when you weren't around? Do you know what came out of his mouth when you weren't around? He said, when she talked to you, she talked faith. But when she hung up, she talked death. He's dying. My father's dying. My father's dying. My father's dying. My father's dying. You can't talk faith one minute and talk death the next. Amen. You can't talk faith one moment. And we're going to lose everything the next. That's right. Come on. That's double-mindedness. Amen. And boy, I didn't want to have to tell her that. But I'm on the way out to the house and the Lord told me to tell her. Because I knew she had questions. Why did this happen? I said, no man knows the things of a man Save the spirit of man that is in him. That's what Paul said. I don't know what's on the inside of you. I don't know what was on the inside of your daddy. But I do know this. The word works. Faith works. And I heard you say, the Lord allowed me to hear your conversation right after you talked to me. You hung up the phone, talk in faith with me. But as soon as you hung up the phone, you were talking failure and defeat and death. And she started crying. She said, Brother Jerry, you're so right. She said, I couldn't get my father to change his confession. He just kept saying, I'm dying, I'm dying, I'm dying. And I couldn't get him to change his confession. And eventually, I started saying what he was saying. Don't ever blame failure on God. 
And if the man went to heaven, it's not failure anyway. Amen. Amen. I believe it was God's best for him to stick around. But heaven's not failure. Can you say amen? amen? Okay. So Jesus says to this man, Thy faith hath made thee whole. His persistent faith totally transformed his life. No longer blind, no longer a beggar. And Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm demonstrating right now a persistent faith. When I was in that hospital, they put that thing down my throat and I don't know how long it was in there. And, you know, when you have something stuck in your throat for several days or whatever, they said, you know, you might not be able to talk for a while and your throat's going to be sore and so forth. But that'll be the day. Amen. Now, I assure you, when I'm in that back room, or actually before I even come here, I have to believe God to be able to talk above a whisper. And when I'm in that back room, before I come out here, I am believing God if I walk, when I walk up to that pulpit, that my voice is going to be above a whisper. Well, I've done pretty good, haven't I? Amen. I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not giving in. I'm not giving in to that. I said, I'm not giving in to that. I'm a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And preachers have to have their voice. Amen. So I'm not giving in to that. That was just a little test. I passed. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. When it comes to trusting God, you need to determine that you're not going to give up. You're not going to turn back. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. Stand forever, for however long it requires. One of the greatest men of faith that ever walked the planet, besides Jesus himself, the Apostle Paul. In a prison, facing death, and under the worst of conditions that you could ever imagine, he said in Philippians 1.19, and having this confidence, I know this shall turn. He wouldn't give up. Don't you know the devil hated for this guy to wake up in the morning? Demon screaming, he's awake, he's awake. (laughs) Having this confidence. Acts 20, 24, Paul said, knowing in advance that every city he went to, there would be adversity. He said in advance, before he ever went there, none of these things move me. 
None of these things move me. One of the meanings of persistence is continuing without wavering. Another definition is a steady pursuit. In other words, refusing to give up. God honors persistent faith. Now, the question I have for you this morning is how persistent is your faith? How persistent is your faith? Galatians 6, 9 says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. If you're not reaping, it could be because you're fainting. You will reap if you faint not. The message translation says, if you do not give up. 2 Thessalonians 3.13, but brethren, be not weary in well-doing. The message translation says, do not lose heart, but continue without weakening. Why would God insist that our faith remain immovable if he didn't intend to honor it? Can you say amen? amen? Persistent faith always pays off. Hebrews 11.6, he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The Amplified says he is the rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek him. Earnest means serious-minded. Diligent means willingness to persevere. Amen. Now, I asked the question earlier. Where's your faith? Is it persistent? Do you possess a persistent, unwavering kind of faith. If not, there's still hope. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Quote it with me. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Say it again. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Continually feed your spirit on the word of God. Every person in the Bible that had strong faith, every person of our generation and previous generations who had strong faith, it was a result of them hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. Amen. I'm still hearing it today. You'd think all after almost 48 years that I've heard it enough. No, the devil is persistent. He shows up every day. So I need ammo every day, praise God. Amen. Every day, praise God. Amen. If you're constantly giving up, then do you think... You qualify for flourishing? I didn't want to end that on a negative (laughs) note, but uh, if you're constantly giving up, do you think you qualify for flourishing? Well, the answer to that is no, but it doesn't have to end that way. Make a decision. Brother Copeland always said a quality decision. To get in the word like never before. Amen.
And finally, I'll leave you with this scripture. Hebrews 10, 38 or 36. For ye have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Another translation says you have need of perseverance. Perseverance. That after you've stood on the word, you will receive the promise. How important is the promise being fulfilled to you? That's what I ask myself. How important is this to me? How important is my health to me? How important is prospering so that I can do more for the kingdom of God to me? How important is all this to me? Then that is my determination on whether or not I'm going to continue to persevere and refuse to give up. If it's, if it's important to me, it's important to God, then there's no turning back. Hallelujah. Right. Give the Lord a shout this morning. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. 2017, I got good news for you. In 2017, the faithful shall flourish. And it'll be like days of heaven on earth. Glory to God. How many of you receive that? Give the Lord a good shout for it. Praise God. Amen.